I V M. The language used on the podcast may not be fit for consumption. We warn you, tread carefully. But listen, yar, don't be so conservative. Okay, live. I apparently think it's live. I don't have a watch or clock next to me, but the show is called Cyrus Says. We have a very illustrious gentleman coming on in a few seconds. But first, some news which has just happened at uh, in the capital. This time, not Delhi. We have agitations in Delhi, but we also have them in the capital in America, where the capital was under siege by some illustrious people from their side who went a little berserk. And in fact, uh, one person was killed. These are Trump supporters who were against this entire vote and wanted a recount and want uh, the right president rightfully put back. Back on the throne, uh, just to answer the question, the person who was killed was not Donald Trump. Uh, no one discuss death; it's a very morbid thing. Let's talk about life instead. And life is in the hands of the gifted mental specialist we have with us, Dr. Kersi Chowda. Let me call him on. He's right there. In fact, he's already there. I think it's Hussein's painting, which is over his right ear. I would put it at 25 lakhs only for that bit that is viewed. The whole painting, I'll leave it to you. It'll take a long time. In fact, write in and tell us how much you think it's worth. Kaisi, can I call you Kaisi? Do I call you Doc? Or do I call you Doctor Chowda? Or do you have a special uh, Parsi pet name? Kaisi will be fine. Kaisi, it is. I stand corrected. <laughs> Does he, he doesn't tolerate fools? Um, although he must be getting his share of them. So a little bit uh, introduction into Kaisi, uh, accomplished top-notch psychiatrist, one of the best, someone who's got his hands full during this situation. We'll talk a little bit about his past as well. But in the beginning, I, I'll just come straight into it, which is lockdown. What month ten? Uh, Kaisi. We've all gone a little berserk. I, I feel the fear mongering to begin with, right at the top, used to drive me nuts. Then you know you go to the other end of the spectrum where you think it's you know you're you're invincible. Uh, just take us through all the uh, the word general is wrong, but what did you see? The common maladies that you saw suddenly thrown into doorstep. Right. You know, Cyrus. When we started off, this whole thing was, oh, I'm going to work from home. It's going to be great fun. I don't have to get up early in the morning. I don't have to travel one hour to work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Of course, the visuals on television were terrible when you saw people dying and uh, you know stuff happening abroad where they're supposed to have a better mental health and physical health infrastructure in comparison to what we're supposed to have in in India. Then people realized it wasn't so simple. You know, you have people working from online from home. You have kids doing online studies. Very often, there's an old person at home, and uh, the caretaker couldn't come over. Not because they didn't want to, but because traveling was not possible. So, the person at home had to look after everything. Most of us live in very small homes, so to have five or six people attempting to do online work, whether it's a kid or an older person or a person working from home, is not easy. Or an older person behaving like a kid. Or an older person behaving like a kid. I'm sorry, I'll interrupt you from time to time. Ignore me and carry on, please. Yeah, I will ignore you. As time goes on, people got tired. So now we've actually getting getting into something called uh, you know the pandemic fatigue. It becomes very very tiring to constantly walk around with a mask. It becomes tiring to hear news, which unfortunately does not seem to end. You know, if I was told that there is a problem and then two months from now everything will be fine, I wait for those two months. Here everything is nebulous. Everything is in the air. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. We are hearing horrible things about the new vaccine, the, the new strain of no, no, the new strain of the virus coming in, which seems to be more infectious than the older one. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening about the vaccine, which 
aggravates the anxiety that most of us feel. So at one time, it used to be that we were nervous and tense and anxious and angry about being stuck at home over a period of time. And now that same anxiety is actually related to what is going to happen when we start going back to school and what is going to happen when, you know, the industry opens out. And in Bombay, for example, what is going to happen when the suburban trains start? We are all very frightened to a large extent. because What is going to happen now that you brought it up? What do you think is going to happen when the rush uh, resumes? Okay, so most of us are extremely nervous. I mean, I don't know if you've ever traveled by suburban train. We all used to. So, you know, in a train, I don't know, you must be one of those exalted guys who didn't. I couldn't resist that one. Why make but, a class <laughs> issue? People of different classes, actually, we are, we are aristocrats with no money. So, we're a bit like Prince Charles in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> we're living off the land. No, but I, but I get your point. Waiting for this big rush to happen and the second wave. But, the, you know, the other, other thing is that if you actually go to, uh, say, a sea face in Mumbai, or you go to, you know, a place where, like a park or something, you find this horrendous mob of people. And I do not know why there is this disinterest in wearing a mask. Uh, you have absolutely no social distancing, which might be difficult given the kind of population we have per square kilometer in our, in our city. But surely you can wear a mask. It is not always going to happen only to somebody else. It is not that, you know, it's going to bypass us. Now, at one time, we would say kids were not affected. Now we know kids are affected. At one time, it was only people who had comorbid illnesses above the age of 50, above the age of 60 were having problems. Uh, now we are seeing it happening in younger and younger age groups. So it's a very frightening scenario. So to come back to what you started off with, what are the things that I'm seeing an enormous amount of stuff in terms of mental health? Depression and anxiety, of course, leads the pack. But we also have increase in OCD. Oh, one of the commonest things in OCD actually is hand washing and things like that, which was very good initially. Oh God, yeah. So the guy who kept yeah. washing his hands was actually less likely to land up having, uh, you know, the, getting the virus because he was doing the right thing. But of course, it can go berserk. So we sometimes have people who are spending eight hours, ten hours in the bathroom hand washing, which is by no means. Did you feel the government was also washing her hands off? Uh, no, perhaps. No, I think the government was trying to do whatever it could do. At times they succeeded, at times they didn't. For example, if you're looking at Dharavi, what they've done in Dharavi was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And people expected that to be the atom bomb. The, yes. And the reverse. Yes. Yeah. And the reverse actually happened. So we are very thrilled about that part. Whether you're talking in terms of the initial part where it was not easy to get masks, it was not easy to get shields, where people were throwing stones at mental, at uh, you know health workers and all, that was disgusting where people were asked who were working in hospitals not to come to their residence and I've had yeah, people, nurses, you know, and all that, yes. nurses and all that. That was, that was horrendous. That should not have been part of any civilized society. I, I, Doc, I want to quickly interrupt you for a second and ask you a question before we forget, which is we're talking about the mask. And when you wear the mask as the days progress, as you said, and you become, you know, sort of complacent, a lot of people wear, there's a psychological base to this, I think, wear the mask on their chin, including our politicians, you know, but for some reason, they think that's good enough. So they've got the mask, they're out there, but it's always here. What's the story behind that? Because I see loads of people, different yeah. classes, masses, the works. I think they feel that their nasal pores are under their chin. But, but this is going to be a common thing where you think you've uh, safeguarded yourself. Absolutely idiotic behavior. You know, I have patients coming up to me now in the hospital because we've all started face to face. At one time, it was only video because even we were nervous and scared. And a lot of us are old and a lot of us have comorbid things too. So 
you have a patient coming in and his uh, his nose is uncovered with a mask or he wears a mask like you say which is under the chin and then he looks at you with surprise when you say put the mask up and they say but i can't breathe i say too bad put the mask up i think we have to get used to this phenomenon i don't see it uh, easing off very easily hopefully the new vaccine will not cause the damage that people some of us are prof- some people are prophesying but i think you know walking around with a mask is going to be part of our your life life japan used to do it if you remember i mean a lot of japanese in the past used to just walk around with masks uh, but uh, i think we might just land up doing something like that but that's a very disciplined people that's a very disciplined society the other very bad thing that we are actually seeing in uh, the covid times is an increase in physical abuse so you have a couple who's together 24 hours and because of whatever is happening they get irritated with each other and normally you know you'd be out 8 hours 10 hours you come back and then you kind of tolerate each other that tolerance goes away we found a huge amount of increase in physical abuse domestic violence domestic violence we find abuse related to a parent towards child because i mean that's the easiest person well, to have you seen up. my children kersi have you seen my children <laughs> i mean the fact that the chappal is not in my hand right now speaks volumes <laughs> i can't tell you but yeah i my wife but is very yeah but it's a horrible thing that we are seeing yeah also uh, you know i think in the beginning there so no alcohol uh, i remember there was one of the issues and uh, i don't know which one is true whether allowing alcohol would stop people from misbehaving or the some politicians or some great philosophers of the country saying that uh, if you give them alcohol they'll go and beat up their wives and everybody uh, in the family so yeah this- now uh, there are some states in the country which actually uh, about the fact that because this was not available and even you know the substitutes given for uh, drugs were not available easily they actually landed up having a huge bunch of withdrawal symptoms and the withdrawal symptoms could not be taken care of very easily because a lot of hospitals were not working a lot of doctors were not available so sometimes it's nice to be a little more pragmatic and a little more sensible rather than be moralistic and say no alcohol and no oral substitution therapy because that then is leading to almost invariably an increase in uh, mortality because it's not easy to cope with withdrawals if you are used to a particular kind of substance but i have been talking about this gersi as i'm a minor psychiatrist without any training myself <laughs> and i have recommended that family members exchange each other almost like outsource you know you send your nephew to somebody else's flat and they bring their daughter in because that sounded creepy they bring in their <laughs> father you know so we exchange relatives per se and then you know you get the novelty factor variety is the spice of life and everybody is happy sounds very good i should actually utilize that <laughs> you're not to endorse that <laughs> you got you've got a huge body of work in front of you and behind you let's quickly get into your career for 5 minutes before we call the others in the first thing is obviously a renowned psychiatrist you want to tell us how you got into it why would you chase the mind thing okay so when i was a kid uh, and when i got i always wanted to be a doctor i wasn't sure what kind of doctor but i was very interested in children so i frankly thought i'd get into pediatrics and then what happened was when i was doing medical college friends would come over and chat with me about problems that they were facing and at that time we would give advice you know that time was advice it was not counseling or therapy it was just advice and a lot of what i said seemed to work and i quite enjoyed it you you, you were a wise young man i was a wise young man a wise lanky 
hairy young man you wouldn't Oops. actually believe that yeah. <laughs> what this is not an erotic thriller we're making this is this is the story of a mental health expert of a yeah. mental health expert yeah. so as time went on and i finished with my mbbs i could have got into pediatrics and i could have got into psychiatry i decided to do psychiatry and then over a period of time i started concentrating more on children because that's my field of interest so i got the best of both the worlds that's how i got into it All right, and uh, I know you don't want to mention it, but I remember uh, a time back when you were a columnist as well, which was the way to communicate. Now, of course, now the internet has taken over, so we, we do things like this. Right. Which I hope to we'll have your podcast on. I hope as ASAP. But uh, there are lots of other things. You you're involved in so many different things. Your field of interest is kids, as you've said, and uh, you are currently on the mental health advisory committee to Project Mumbai. What is that exactly? Well, it's a it's a BMC private initiative, private and government together. initiative okay. all together, where you try to do various things. So they were working on infrastructure, they were working in general health, and now they've started to focus even on mental health. So, for example, through Project Mumbai, we've started working in BMC schools through the years. So we, this is one of the biggest projects ever. You're going to have lakhs of kids who will be taught about. Uh, various aspects related to mental health you know coping with bullying coping with uh, sexual issues coping with aggression coping with uh, learning disabilities and i think it's wonderful because you know you and i frankly have the wherewithal to go to a private psychiatrist very often bmc guys don't so if you can actually do it in school and kind of train them and tell the kids that is perfectly okay to have problems and it's perfectly okay to seek help i think that makes a tremendous difference i still remember before you button i still remember that there was this guy who very sheepish time in mean, a middle aged guy who very sheepishly walked into my office and i said what brings you here and he says my son and i said what does that mean so he says uh, apparently i had gone and given a lecture in his a talk in his school about various things and this guy went back home and he told his dad dad you must see this guy he seems like a fairly cool guy you have a major issue you have a issue related to this 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 i want you to go and see this doc wow now if you have the the younger guy doing it and if you have this happening in you know schools where maybe so much access is not available to issues related to mental health because they're considered to be more pressing issues that have to be dealt with in those kind of families i think it's it will be lovely we have a huge generation of people who will be open to talking about mental health be more aware of mental health instead of the jadoo tona thing that keeps happening it would be nice but uh, would you say that the blame for mental health in youngsters clearly is on one factor and one factor alone electronica music which is hopelessly ugly and offensive and should be stopped at all levels i, I absolutely agree should, with you you have the guts to speak up <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, I i'm sorry to digress With, because what you're doing, really, honestly, I a lot of people have been listening to different forums on on the internet, and everybody discusses the fact that worldwide depression will be the number one malady going forward post COVID. Uh, it already is. is. A, it, it already, already is. is. So you cannot treat anything without treating the depression that accompanies whatever other physical ailment there is. Is this fair to say? That is right. That is right. So you're going to have your hands full. Are we are we better equipped? Because some people say the poorer nations or majburi nations or those who have suffered more are able to deal with it better. And and you can see the advanced nations falling and crumbling with even lesser cases because they've never dealt with lockdowns. So no, I'm not sure that we are, that we are at an advantage. The only advantage that I can think of is that a lot of us still have supportive families. So when you're living with a fairly supportive family. it kind of helps more than if you're all alone and have to do everything for yourself and things like that but education is still not at the level it should be so some people 
don't, uh, but it doesn't also mean that an educated person is going to follow the rules, etc., etc. The only other hassle that we actually have in our country, which may not be so much in other countries, is that this whole thing of the bad omen and voodoo and things like that. So before a guy actually comes to us, superstition. Before a guy comes to us, he's probably been preyed upon, which is not too bad. But then he's had people jump around <laughs> him with uh, peacock feathers, and then he's uh, worn uh, garlands around his neck, and uh, you know, he carries a nimbu in his hand and comes into your something office. like that. And, and then finally, he reaches us. Well. I suppose as long as the path to enlightenment is finally reached, one can't argue too much. Uh, just, sorry, you're gone, gone. Actually, one can argue because it's very well known that the earlier one catches mental illness and the earlier treatment is started, the more effective is the outcome. So if a person comes to us three years because he's tried everything else before coming to us after an initial episode of whatever, it's not going to be as effective as if he had come right in the beginning. So this whole thing of, you know, it's okay for him to go to other people before coming to us is actually not something that I say is okay. Fair enough. I stand corrected, Doc, but I want to ask you... You're sitting so, actually, so you're sitting corrected. Okay, yes. if you're going to do the jokes in Alsan, you're helping people with their mental health, all right? We'll switch immediately and I want your rates, no less. <laughs> Speaking of which, does it irritate you? Because I have Doc friends and especially in the clubs or in the restaurants where we meet them, social settings, cocktail parties, what have you. They love to get free advice. Does it irritate you? I'm just thinking, oh, he's a psychiatrist. It must light up the room. And suddenly everyone wants to... Yes, yes. I guess we do that with all doctors. I mean, so often I've walked up... I mean, I, of course, my friends are not going to charge me. But I mean, I have, I've seen them wince when a person comes up to an orthopedician and says, Doc, my hand is hurting. Can you have a look now? Yeah, yeah a full yeah. consultation at a party. Exactly. Oh, this is another... Indians, remember, they're professionals. Don't ask me to do jokes. Don't ask him to cure you. All right, we're just there to have a good time and drink free booze. And I'll call this horrible. You should never touch it. Uh, having said that, all right, just before we bring the guests in, we're all running out of time. I know you're very busy. Um, the IPS, you're training uh, currently a task force dealing with college psychiatry. What is that? Is it the police? Okay. <laughs> the Indian Psychiatric Society, that's oh, what the IPS stands for. I'm so sorry. So that's our national body. Okay, so that's our national body. Okay. So you have uh, psychiatrists from across the country. Now, what happens is, they set up task forces which deal with specific issues. So you have a task force dealing with geriatric psychiatry, with child psychiatry, with school psychiatry. And currently I'm in, I'm the chairperson of the, of the task force dealing with college psychiatry. So the plan was, the plan is for all task forces to disseminate information, education, uh, work uh, on things related to their, whatever their task force is. So we've done a lot of work even through the COVID situation. We've had a seminar, webinars with uh, college, with colleges where we've talked about the issues, mental health issues related to college kids and what you can do about it. You must remember that this is an extremely vulnerable population. Old, I mean, the latter part of adolescence and the beginning of adulthood, which is the group which is found in colleges. So this is the group which is extremely vulnerable to depression and suicide and alcoholism and other substance abuse and uh, getting into relationships which cause problems and bullying and things like that. And very often they don't know what to do. So we are trying to disseminate information and tell them that there's a lot that can be done. You have just have to seek help and get over this stigma, stigma, stigma thing. I mean, if you have a stomach ache, uh, you don't think twice before going to a doctor. So if you have a problem in the head, uh, in the brain, in the relationship, in the behavior, 
they should not be a problem in seeking help. And it's all related to the head in the end, whatever way you look Everything at it. Everything is related. Yeah. We do believe that the brain is the most important organ, obviously. So everything that second, happens... Second most, but yeah, I get your point. Okay. <laughs> so so we actually talk, I mean, I have a, there's a whole thing of, you know, the brain and another part of your body sometimes seems to get... Intertwined. Interchanged. Yeah, 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 Not yeah. intertwined, interchanged. Interchanged, okay. <laughs> so I, you know, what you're saying is I think with the other part and uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I accept that. Uh, just one quick word. Uh, guys, come in now, please, if you can. But uh, I did go to a psychiatrist once. Let's call him Dr. Singh, only because that was his name. And he asked me to lie uh, face down on the couch. Is that an accepted uh, procedure? Uh, maybe he felt that your uh, behind was more acceptable than your front. That's a possibility. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you're very popular with my crew now. Does anybody push me in my place? It just makes him happy. You made Amit's day, Silvery smiling, Anna's disappeared, but I'm sure she's having a big breakfast to celebrate. All right. Jesse, you've been very supporting. Thank you for everything. But stay exactly where you are. We are now joined by the titanic force of, uh, was it Titanic? I prefer the word Titanic. <laughs> I heard that outside Regal once when the movie released. One guy told the other one, Are, uh, picture Titanic. And I said, that's it. From life, it's got to be called Titanic. They probably sang because they heard that. It's like, this for the boat. Silvery and Amit, you enter and now you can ask the good doc anything you want and then we'll get to uh, So, yeah, you know, I think the first question, I, I, I really have a serious question here. Is Donald Trump like paranoid, delusional, uh-huh. narcissistic? What good would point. you like? I mean, is it? I, I know you can't do a real diagnosis, but based on what you see, I mean, like, what do you see of this guy? Okay, so now we've been told, uh, and there's a general rule that you're not supposed to give a diagnosis. So not a diagnosis, but your opinion. Yeah, so my impression is, of course, there are issues that seem to be a little abnormal. And that is all I'm going to say. I don't want to be sued by American TV now. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, I don't think there's much uh, danger of that because I... I, I <laughs> okay, let, 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 us, let us ask the question so that the doc is not put in the spot. Sure. In the same context, would you say that there are certain type of people who are just not fit to lead countries? Absolutely. There, there should be a sort of mental test. No, mental test is not the right word. Psychiatric test. Absolutely. Yeah. I, would, I would very, very strongly believe that uh, that would benefit. <clears throat> I mean, like the delusion is just like, and the it's yeah, not just the best. it's not just delusion, right? It's like this disconnect from reality, this kind of inability to see parallels between his own behavior in other ways. Uh, the kind of crap that he gave Black Lives Matters, you know, the, the protesters over there, right? And to some degree justified, right? Because I feel like violence is never acceptable and wasn't acceptable there. Absolutely. And it's absolutely. not acceptable here. Absolutely. I right? agree and, with that. But over here, his responses, uh, I mean, like we're talking obviously about the capital siege, right? But I mean, like his response is insane, right? It's just like, uh, be, go home. That, that, that's his response, right? I mean, like, you guys are, uh, yeah. be peaceful and, uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, this is the... It's rage. a half-hearted gesture. It's not even a... Ha- Dude, he's justifying it, right? That this is the kind of rage that erupts when, when elections are stolen is what he's saying, and then you should go home. It's ridiculous, man. I mean, like, the guy is insane. Yes. I do believe that there is a move in the general world population today towards being a little more righteous and a little more... I'm my, it's my way or the highway kind of thing. Mm. And I think this is symptomatic of the same. I think tolerance has actually reduced to a large extent across the world. Let's say not single Donald Trump. I think they're leaders, not just corporate leaders, leaders in other industries, etc. Who are just wrong for that position because there's no humanitarian and conscious uh, aspect on their side to look at it from empathetic and other points of view. For example, I would look at Angela Merkel, the New Zealand uh, PM and the Taiwanese PM, all three women, as 
the best leaders we have in the world. I would agree. I would agree. So I would rather look at that and say, well, let's look at the positives for a second and say, you need to have that humane touch first and above everything else before you lead. Yeah. But uh, can, can, can I, uh, just to kind of uh, you won't let Trump, him go. You no, won't no. let Trump go. No, it's you not want Trump. Trump. <laughs> it, 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 it's not just Trump, right? Okay, so here's the thing, right? I mean, like there have been numerous. Uh, I mean, like I've read about this in like pop science, so I don't know if this is true. You would obviously know better than me, doctor. But I've read stuff like you know that there is a tendency towards like sociopathic behavior amongst many leaders, right? Whether it's corporate, whether it's political, whatever that is, there is a tendency. Well put, Amit. No, there is. I mean, like you know, there there are studies uh, that I've read about which say that you know. I mean, like to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, chances are you have some sociopathic tendencies, right? I've read some stuff around that, right? Climb up, you have them, but yeah. Uh, Let's look at it in another perspective. Hmm. Uh, Association does not mean causation. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean that if a person is sociopathic uh, sociopathic and is a head honcho, He's a head on show because he's sociopathic. Correct. You know, so there could be an association, but I don't think it, it's a causation. No, it's not a cause. No, no, no. There are a huge number of excellent people who run businesses, who run corporations, people like Cyrus, who are... Uh, <laughs> you killed it. Are, you killed your <laughs> argument, doctor. The good doctor has shot himself in the foot. Run out in cricket terms. Uh. No, so they may be having certain uh, qualities which enable them to reach the position that they have. Uh, and over here, I'm actually going to commend what Cyrus said a little while ago, that let's talk of the positives rather than the negatives, because that's actually the basis of something called behavior therapy, mm. where instead of... Uh, you know, punishing the wrong, we should reinforce the right. Yep. Uh, the more positive no we are and the more we keep uh, reinforcing positive stuff, the more the chances are that that positivity will keep increasing rather than the because negative. Because doc, they're just, uh, the media is just not taking to the fact that you have these three world leaders who have set apart and pushed the bar up. I know. Let's look more at them and let people get inspired by what they're doing. I mean, they're... Yeah, but then, Media won't sell, right? If you write yeah. about all of happy things. Man bites dog or dog bites man. You know what I mean? Like, Barabar. Well, uh, my dog bites man. We celebrate it. <laughs> With a cookie. Good boy. <laughs> bites two men, two cookies. Uh, uh, but also, I feel that we're coming to this capital siege thing. Trump is not obviously not the only one to blame. Because the rest of the Republican Party also has been supporting what he says. And even now, not they're rest, not... Not rest. Yeah, a lot of them. Got uh, the majority of them. But he's lost significant support, right? I, I, I think Mitt Romney. Uh, Mitt Romney's still been against him, but a lot no, of I other. Mean, yeah. Mitt Romney, we are thinking, is now pushing the agenda that way. Yeah. Uh, remember, I was telling you a couple of days ago how I started seeing some jokes on, like, you know, these Republican Indian friends of mine making on Trump. Yeah. Like today, again, a bunch of them came out, right, with these kinds of things. And it, it really is like, um, so he is getting a tremendous amount of pressure now from this, right? Like, so uh, his former. Communications secretary, who was the first lady's communications secretary, uh, resigned last night over this. Uh, and I heard that uh, they were barely able to keep the national security advisor to keep from resigning, but otherwise he was going to resign over this. Deputy national security advisor was going to resign over this. They're like, like you know, uh, people are going and begging them, please don't resign. 
right? Because uh, he's uh, it's it's insane what's happening right now. It's it's um, this is uh, worse than in. Um, cannot use the word insane all the time. I have a psychiatrist here. <laughs> I'm leading. sorry. Okay. They don't like that word being bandied about because you know you're using it in a different context. Right. Yeah. It's actually a huge okay. issue for him with people coming in who are actually clinically, uh, as you say. Right. Okay. So this is uh, not. No, that's also the same thing. Uh, this is. That's <laughs> <laughs> also got double meanings. He's a Parsi gentleman. Don't say nuts <laughs> because he'll send you to the other doctor. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I just find this absolutely. I find this incredible. Right. I mean, like, see, I didn't say insane. I find this absolutely incredible. Well, it well, is. Uh, I, I, I think. Fine. Go on. No, no, so, no sorry, I'm saying, doc, please answer in plurality or whatever. Don't, we won't get to specifics mm. if you're not comfortable. You no, know, I do that. also believe, I do also believe that it takes time for people to change. Uh, nobody really wants to rock the boat. And when that initial inertia changes, then you have the ball which is rolling, starts rolling faster. So when you start having one resignation and then a second and a third, then it becomes that I'm not the only one who thinks this guy is not doing the right thing. Uh, and if other people are also standing up to be counted, then maybe I should do the same. So we do find that over a period of time, there'll be more, I mean, I would expect to find that over a period of time, there'll be more and more dissenters. And then the supportive base, which uh, seemed so all-encompassing, actually becomes diluted. I, I don't understand how, and maybe you could kind of help with this, right? I mean, like, there's so much cognitive dissonance, right? I mean, like, in terms of what people are believing versus what actually exists, and I don't understand how, you know, I mean, like, do you have a thought on that? Like, you know, I mean, like, just generally, I, it's not it's, it's not just disinformation in the context of what the Republicans are hearing in India, uh, sorry, in the US, but we have the same problems in India on the left and on the right, right? Yes, we do. Where there's a tremendous amount of disinformation which is believed, and it's on the face of it nonsense, right? I mean, like, if you look at it for, like, 30 seconds and just think about it, you're like, how can you possibly believe something like that? How do people, how, how does that happen? How do people get to that kind of thing? I think people have this magical thinking that a person who's in power is really going to be doing the right thing is not going to be doing the wrong thing. And the visual media, which is now the media that we all look at, has become very important. And a person who has an agenda in the visual media will try to push his agenda by paying more attention to the stuff that supports whatever he wants to push and kind of ignoring the stuff which goes against what he doesn't want people to talk about. Right. So it's as simple as that. It actually becomes that you become this ringmaster and you kind of direct whatever the agenda is that you want to direct. Do you think that uh, social media's tendency to reinforce our perceptions, right? Because they're geared towards this idea of how do we generate more clicks? And so they are going to continuously serve more content to you, which falls in with like, you know, this kind of like, you know, reaction, positive or negative, right? I do believe so, yes. But do you think that that, is, how, how much do you think that that contributes to uh, this kind of sense that information is not real? It contributes tremendously. Yeah. You know, at one time, say 20, 30 years ago, when TV was not in your face, you read about things. But I mean, how many people actually read about things? Today, you put on an e-channel and there are about 100 odd channels. And it's just... Uh, what happened uh, one minute ago is flashed across the country. So you have a whole bunch of people who are looking and uh, then they move from one channel to another, a third and a fourth. And if by and large, the message percolates through most channels, then obviously you're going to have a situation where you kind of believe what is being seen. Mm -hmm. 
you're not saying one particular channel has to be banned. The one starting yeah. with R and ending with Lick, uh, <laughs> because that's not right. You can't say that. We don't want to give away names. Okay. All right. So, sorry to interrupt, Amit, but uh, I've got pressing engagement. Capital has called me to help with the Democrat uh, Republican <laughs> clash there. So, can we get into the AMAs, ASAP? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, Doc has uh, good answers yes, for sure. that. So here's the Ask Me Anything section, Dr. Kersey, <laughs> Okay. with Silvery. Yep. All right. The first one uh, comes in from uh, from our live chat, uh, from live stream chat. It says, uh, from new kids, N-E-U kids is the is the handle. Okay. Uh, this is for Dr. Kersey. It says, uh, are things like ADHD, autism, dyslexia uh, being appropriately, appropriately diagnosed in India now? And number two, I am sick of hearing that USA has more depressed people than India. Is that actually true? <laughs> okay, so the, for the first uh, answer, absolutely. I think uh, there's a lot of diagnosis that is happening, but I think there's a lot of appropriate diagnosis that is happening. So I think our doctors are uh, at a very high level of uh, expertise and they diagnose it very well. And the treatment that is given is also very good. So we are seeing more and more of it. Now, some people will say, why are you diagnosing so much? Because more and more people are coming for help. Uh, you know, at one time when I was a medical student many, many eons ago, for example, the autism spectrum disorder, we would say one in a hundred. Today, it's supposed to be one in about 40 or 46 or something like that. Why is it happening? Nobody really knows. There could be a lot of hypotheses. The point is that there is a lot of diagnosis happening. There's a lot of treatment that is now available. It takes time, but we do see a significant amount of change in the entire spectrum related to mental health. That goes for attention deficit disorder, that goes for whatever else you might have. We wish I have silvery, by the way, you might have noticed, you know, you better talk quickly. After sentences, I'm already on to the next thing. I have no friends left now. Uh, Amit, you're looking very depressed. Why? For some reason. We have a psychiatrist on the panel. Do you want to say something? <laughs> Is he putting on an app for a, for a free consult after all the hypocrisy? <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. For the second, for the second yeah, question yeah, yeah. where you spoke about America, that he, the person is sick and tired of being told that Americans are more depressed people than Indians. I kind of agree with that. I do believe that it doesn't matter which part or which country in the world you are uh, living in. There is a issue related to depression and uh, whether you're in the north of the world or in the south of the world, it is the commonest psychiatric illness. But would it be the same proportion across cultures? I would think so. I think it is more or less the same proportion. Uh, in fact, today we are talking about the mental health pandemic, which is the new pandemic that we are going to be seeing. And in that, depression and anxiety come way up at the top. Amit, cheer up. I Doc is that. trying to be positive. <laughs> He's telling you, I think, I think, Doc, correct me if I'm wrong, the main thing is people have to just come forward. They have to come that, forward. That's the thing. All their support system has to come forward and say, there's nothing wrong. You're feeling low. Virat Kohli feels low. Yeah. You know, when he scores zero, the big successes of our time all feel low. I think, I think that's the, that's the okay, biggest no, thing. That's we have. one thing. And the other thing is this myth related to mental illness and medication. Which is? Which is, if you take medicines, then you're going to be a zombie. You're going to sleep the whole day. Your cognition is wow. going to get impaired and all of that. Which is all, <laughs> which is all absolute nonsense. We have to accept that uh, today with the profusion of uh, research that is being done, we can actually see structural changes happening in the brain. We can see uh, neurotransmitter images. We can see electronic stuff which is changing. And medicines play an extremely important role. I'm not saying that every person needs medication, but I am saying that medication plays an extremely important role. I would like to differ. Having seen my countrymen, I would say every Everybody needs it. I would agree with you. An exception. 
<laughs> no, and the important thing also over here is that if you are on medication, it doesn't make you less of a person. It doesn't mean that you've been brought up badly. It doesn't mean that you've caused it to happen. It's like saying I'm diabetic, so I've caused it to happen. No, it isn't. And if you have to be on it for a period of time, it doesn't mean you're dependent. I, I've never understood what this dependency thing means. Are you dependent on antihypertensives? Are you dependent on anti-diabetics? If you have a thyroid malfunction, you're going to be on a thyroid supplement for the rest of your life. You wake up in the morning and you take it before breakfast. Are you dependent on that? I don't know what that means. But if I give you a tablet, then it becomes you're dependent on it. And then people say that it's because it works on the brain. Guess what? Most of the medications work through the brain too. So I don't really think that we have to get into this dependency bit. I think it's perfectly okay for us to follow what a good shrink tells you to take and to take it for as long as he wants you to take it. Take your medication is the story that we're trying to push out there. NCB, leave us alone. These are legal drugs. True. Right? True. True. Yeah. So do not come after silvery. True. To a young man. <laughs> okay, very quickly, I really have to run. So can we have one more question in quick? Last one, last one. Yes, sure. Uh, <clears throat> this one is kind of a follow-up to what Dr. Casey was just talking about. Uh, it says, Doctor, why are drugs that are needed to treat ADD and ADHD uh, like Adderall uh, banned in India? And should the government regulatory agencies re-examine yeah. this ban? Wow. So one of the things that is that is known to happen with drugs like Adderall is that there is potential for abuse. So a person who doesn't have ADD, yeah. if he takes it, he can get a kind of a high. I think it's basically for that reason. Uh, how do the you government spell the drug, is, Doc? How do you spell the drug? A-S-S-H-O-L-E. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, sorry, sorry. Please go on. Please go. I on. couldn't so resist that too. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So it's one for the team. I totally love it. I love it. <laughs> no. So to come back to what I was saying, the important thing over here is that uh, the government is trying to regulate and ensure that there's hopefully no possibility of people diverting it and taking it unless there are tremendous uh, restrictions that are made available. So even for the other tablets which are used for ADD, you have to write it in triplicate, the chemists have to keep records, etc, etc. Adderall right now is not being, uh, is not allowed to be dispensed in our country. Maybe it will change over a period of time. It certainly has a tremendously beneficial role in a huge number of people who do not get benefited by the other medication that is available. So let's see what happens. But why the government is doing it? The government is doing it because they don't want the possibility of misuse by a person who gets a high when he doesn't have to take the medication. And that's not something that ever occurs in India, in any case. <laughs> Never. We are all Never heard of that. <laughs> bon Vita. Bon Vita is our drug of choice. All right, guys, sorry, I have to bail. And actually, sorry, just one, yeah, one, yeah, yeah, one yeah. last question from the, yeah. uh, I just saw this on YouTube and I thought that we should get, the, since the doctor has been with us now on the show, I think we should ask him this question. Yeah. Uh, Doc, I'm a hardcore fan of Cyrus and team and eagerly await for their podcast every week. Is it a sign of some kind of depression or mental illness? <laughs> <laughs> this is Anish Kumar. Uh, and Anish, I hope that you give him a good... Not known uh, for a sense of humor. Not known for a sense of humor. So yeah. I can Anish, question. Anish, Anish. <laughs> forget what everybody else... Forget what everybody else has said. I'm a good guy. Come to me. I'll give you free treatment. <laughs> so he, he's, he's paranoid about one Parsi and goes to the next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that... Uh, very I, think, quickly, I think he wants to say something quickly. Silvery. 
no, no. Just uh, the last question I forgot to say came from Shubham PK, the one talking about okay. Adderall and all. Cool. That's just okay. That. That's it. Dr. Yeah, Kelsey Chowda, thank you so much. Uh, people watching, if you have problems, uh, go ahead. Uh, he's the man to talk to. Use Amit's reference and he may, yeah. may give you a discount. <laughs> right? Yeah. And please like and share and subscribe. Like and share. Pleasure. Bye bye. Take care. Right. Thank you. Bye bye. We'll leave you with whether I'm wearing pants or not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, catch us on any of the podcasting apps, please. We beg you, we need you. Send us your questions on Twitter, on Cyrus Says In. Or you can email us, even if you're not female, on whatcyrussays at gmail.com.